Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Writer's House on Ringer SE. I hope you're all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk about the Premier League's opening weekend. And joining me is my dear, dear friend, Musa Kwonga. How are you doing, Moose? Very well, thanks. How are you? How are really, you? really good. Can I just say, Moose, with the Premier League, with everything that's happened and the amount of football that's kind of not stopped for me going through um, the summer and everything, obviously the women. And I, thought, I think the women have energised me because like, mm. I couldn't wait for the Premier League to start. It's not disappointed on the first week. It's, it's, it's amazing. Everyone's straight in at number one. Yeah, really impressive, actually, opening week. It's so good. It was so good. So we should go straight in. Should we go straight in? Yeah, because let's I'm, go straight in. I'm quite hyped about some things. I mean, we're just going to pick out like a couple of quick things that stood out to us for the weekend. So mm-hmm. I think that even though it's only the first weekend, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I'm actually quite excited by what I saw, not just from some of the teams with the biggest resources, but some of the teams that have just come up. Yes. In particular, Fulham. Oh, fuck me. Fulham came up and said, fuck you lot, man. What happened yeah. last time? <laughs> Do you know what I love? The disrespect. <laughs> I love so the disrespect. Do you know, in the so best good. possible way. Look, because you can say, um, there's different ways to play uh, clubs with vastly superior financial resources, right? Mm. You can sit and try to pick them off or you can impose yourself on the front, but you can go at people and close them down. And I thought that what Fulham did in this game against Liverpool, the two-all draw, was just supreme. The energy was, we are going to win, lose, or draw against you, but we'll do it according to our plan. If you look at like even the, the period that led to Fulham's opening goal that I thought was so impressive, mm. targeting the space behind Trent yeah. Alexander-Arnold yeah. after the corner, and then like the goal they actually scored, you had, it was incredible. You had Andrew Robertson basically had like, two or three two-on-ones before the ball gets crossed in. Yep. They're working him left wing, right wing. He's, yep. he's defending on two flanks and they beat Mitrovic beats Trent at the far post with the header. And I just thought that goal and that movement just summed up Fulham's attitude. They were all over them. Like they just couldn't get room to play anything. No, they couldn't. And, and this is why I would have preferred if Jurgen Klopp just said, you know what, we, 
that's what you're going to expect. A, a, a championship team coming up, especially with Fulham's past, you know, they come up, they spent, what, 100 million the last one, mm. the last time or something, and it just didn't work out. And you know what I mean? They were very much, went, they very much went down with a, with a whimper. And the way they started that game, I thought, yeah, I expect you to start it like that, Fulham, but can you keep that up? And they, for, like I said, for, for Jurgen Klopp to say the attitude of his players wasn't right, you know what I mean? He didn't. I thought that was really, really disrespectful because they didn't do anything other than work Liverpool in every single aspect of that game. Right. Every single one. Look, I think Thiago, Thiago Alcantara to come off in the end, he's never been pressed to that extent. He was he got worked. Caught. He got he caught, was, didn't he? Honestly, just continually got caught. I thought that Anthony Robinson at the, at the back, you know, he, he just gave... This is the quality that Liverpool have. He, I think he lost, Salah lost him twice. Right. And I think in, in both occasions, I think that they, um, they scored goals, but didn't give him a look in. I didn't know if Fulham could actually keep up that press because I'm thinking, oh, and Liverpool were probably thinking to themselves, yeah, we expect them to start like this and then it will open up and then, you know what I mean, we'll get going. Henderson was getting absolutely rattled with, you know, and rashed. Thiago was getting rashed. Fabinho, look, look, none of them, in any particular place, even Virgil van Dijk looked a little bit kind of like uncomfortable. He got half a step less than he expected. Do you know what's funny That's, about this? Yeah, yeah. I think because the women's Euros is so fresh, actually, this reminded me of the Germany press when they hunt in packs. And the reason they could sustain it is that all the best pressing is actually not the first person getting the ball, it's the second or third. Yeah, and yeah. very often you saw one person arrive in the press, they're playing out, second, third person, they're feasting. And that's what I thought was so impressive about this. You know, and you mentioned as well, the game that Fulham played, there's an element of risk because, you know, the moment you miss one tackle, one yeah. touch, they're That's on they're you. And actually, for, yeah. Liverpool's mm -hmm. first big chance came, I think, like that. They missed one tackle and Liverpool were through and you saw immediately the danger. Mm. The but danger of just missing that intensity. Yeah, Moose, yeah. This, is, this is why teams like Fulham, and if, if Marco Silva's going to attack it like this for the rest of the season, then I'm really hoping that Fulham can sustain it and do something because what have you got to lose, honestly, as Fulham? Everybody expects you to go down. You're not going to win the Premier League. Mm. Are you going to finish in the top six? Okay. Can you, can you get yourself in a situation where you go deep in the cup competitions? You know, brilliant. What have the fans got other than to see their players put in a shift like that against the top teams and people who come to Craven Cottage are going to have to know that, yeah, Fulham, oh, it's a lovely place. Nice, you know. Every, you are in trouble when you come here. What I want to see from Fulham, Musa is not, oh, because it's Liverpool, first mm. game of the season, we've come up from the championship and we're putting on this kind of show because, yeah, we want to show them what we could play against these guys. You have to do that every week now. I know right. it's an old cliche, but you do have, that's the standard. That should be the standard for Fulham because it was amazing. And Klopp, instead of giving them credit and saying, he shut us down. We, we've done well just to get out of this game with two goals because of the quality we've got. But Fulham have to get a lot of credit. They stopped my team playing. That was and, that's, and there's a defensiveness going on there because if you look at the way that teams have come up in the championship in, in previous years, Leeds coming up losing 4-3 to Liverpool in that incredible mm. game at Anfield. But again, disrespectful. Brentford came up against Arsenal, beating 2-0 awesome. first. Yeah. There's a pattern, isn't there? It's almost like, you know what, we need to start this season the front foot. And mm. I don't even think actually to the credit of these teams, I don't think it's even about, oh, this is a, a big team or a small team. I think it's like, we have to set the terms. Yeah. We have to have a plan and a way to stay up because, you know, this is no disrespect to West Ham, we'll get them in a moment, but West Ham took a very different approach to Man City. Mm -hmm. 
West Ham sat back and thought they went for yeah. a gap. But the thing is, sometimes you wait for a gap, the gap won't come because you give the opposition so much confidence and time to settle. Yeah. They get into their rhythm and then they've got you. And I think there's a really interesting thing that Thiago did. Thiago's first long pass that he plays after being pressed mm. um, for the first few minutes, he gets the ball on the turn and hits it long and it's like way out. It bounces twice yes. while going out. Yeah. And I remember thinking, you've kind of hit that to feel something. Like you've hit that to like get yourself in the game yeah. and you've hit that because you've been so boxed in, you want to like hit the expansive pass. And I yeah. thought they've rattled you so much. You're not keeping it simple. Mm. You're not just playing it through a gap. You've gone for the long thing. And I thought already, because Thiago's an extraordinary player, don't get me wrong. Everyone knows that. Yes. But he's also like, it's very obvious that he is the creative base of that midfield. It was a bit like Pirlo was back in the day. And they knew that if you swarm that central area, we saw, um, you know, I was talking about Spain doing it to Pirlo in the Euro 2012 final. They know that if you swarm the central area, then you can get some joy yeah. against them. And so, I'm, yeah, I'm starting shout to, out to I'm, Fulham. Yeah, sh- massive shout out to Fulham. Just quickly on their on their midfield as well, because when Arvi Elliott came on, he kind of found space, a little mm. bit of space, and that's where they, maybe Fulham were getting a bit tired, but he did find space. Yes, and they're going to have to do something about it. What's Endo's work? I think he's what thirty three. I think Thiago's thirty two. Mm. Being your twenty, they're starting to get that kind of at that that stage as midfielders where can they deal with that kind of incessant press from a team? So it's going to be interesting to see that because the way RV Elliott came on, I think that if he can carry on and Curtis Jones gets fit in, then that transition, hopefully that will happen for, for Liverpool and then they'll be able to, to deal with that kind of press, with that kind of energy of press and then do what they do. Because it's a new because, problem for them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diaz yeah. looks good. Diaz, is, we, we've seen that he looks good and Nunez stays in the middle of the box and I love, I love that. So I love what he's done. He's shown something, Nunez. What I love about his, um, we talk about the fixed point and the attack, but not just his presence, but his movement and his combination with mm. his teammates. Uh, he combines really well already in a way yes. that I'm surprised. Like, not, not surprised because he's not a fantastic player, but the speed of the understanding has really impressed me, I would say. I think that Klopp's really managed it well in the way that he's obviously got him watching what's going on. Mm. I remember watching, there was a, a clip of him in the community shield where they were just, they, 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 you know, when they showed the new number nine, he's getting ready or, you know, and here he is while they were playing, here he is, the number nine, you know, just spent all this money on him and you could just see him. He was just looking, he's on one of the seats, just watching. Mm. It's almost as if Klopp said, just keep your eye on the movement, what he's doing, what he's doing, what's happening to him. Because when I saw Nunez come on in the community shield, that guy was just, he was just attacking the box. Yeah. saw what his goal was like. And it's the same as against Fulham. He came on, he got one way, done the back heel, it didn't work out. And he attacked it again and got it. So you look at, yes, Liverpool, I think that was a blip. And if you're going to have that kind of blip at the start of the season, when your manager says it's your, your attitude, which I was, I was very surprised with, um, that's the time to have it. Go on, Moose. Yeah, so for those who are listening, uh, obviously, um, to Stadio as well, we're going to do the European stuff. Mm-hmm. Stadio on Thursday, so we're just doing a Premier League whip round. It's flowers but, um, for everybody, I think, today. Flowers to Fulham. Yeah, flowers to yeah. everyone. Um, flowers to Fulham. Flowers to Brighton. Can Brighton? we give Brighton yeah. flowers? Oh my because God, I can, you, can I say something? We're not gonna, I'm not going to go deep into, into Man United and everything like that because that's mm-hmm. an episode and it's, that's a podcast on its own. But going into the game, it's funny. It's like Arsenal against Brentford last season with everything that was happening. I went into the game feeling very apprehensive about getting something. And mm-hmm. when this game... This came, came up and it was Man United, Brighton, at Old Trafford. When I saw that, knowing what Graham Potter's about, mm. how his team's set up, how organised they are, and how, let's face it, you know, Man United have still not um, addressed the major problem, and that is the midfield. Mm. Um, 
knowing that they will not control the game, I just felt for them. I felt that, you know, I cannot see unless Ronaldo's playing and he does one of his super rescue acts. Mm. I, I could see Brighton getting something, whether it was a draw or something. But I, I didn't say, yeah, Man United are going to beat them in this game. And when you watch how they play, you know, I'm going to give him an extra bunch of flowers to his Danny Welbeck. You know, somebody yeah, that yeah, is yeah, yeah, continuously yeah. like, the way his career has gone and the way people kind of make those ridiculous like little memes and ridicule him and that. His centre-forward play against Man United is, is kind of what they, they probably would need now. Yeah, that yeah. That kind oh, of yeah, is yeah, exactly yeah. what they'd probably need now. He led that line and caused them all sorts of problems in that game. And in the end, obviously, created a goal, first goal and, and done. But it, I was just pleased for him because for him to go back with everything that's happened to him and the way he's going, and we're talking about somebody who's probably getting a year-on-year deal at the moment. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking about a continuous um, mindset of having to play well, having to achieve, having to do well, having to do well. Because at any stage, Brighton could say, listen, Danny, thank you very much. So to see him playing that well in that stadium, you know. And he was desperate um, against, to play as well. Yeah, Apparently he was I'm not, really he was not his best. Yeah, yeah. Really, really pleased for him. You know? I'm very happy for Trossard as well because, you know, Cucurella's gone now to, uh, Brighton, uh, to Chelsea, Chelsea, outstanding player. And Trossard's just come in and been another threat in the wide areas. And just the organisation of Brighton. And this is the thing as well, like, you know, they, they lose two, they, they win 2-1. So United lose 2-1, Brighton win 2-1. Mm. But I, this, this result doesn't surprise me because I'm like, well, Brighton are the better team at this point. Mm-hmm. They're just better. If you look at like, you know, they absolutely better organized like, everything. Absolutely took them to the cleaners in the last, um, the last time they met uh, at Brighton. Um, outstanding again today. And I think United actually didn't have the worst start. I would just say yes. very quickly on the United tactical side, we won't get into the off the field stuff. Mm. Very interestingly, just the United tactically you had Ericsson starting nominally as the nine, but dropping deep. And then he actually, McTominay got lots of criticism for not controlling midfield, but actually he was pushed as high as a centre forward a lot of the time. Mm. There's almost something happening with Ten Hag is like, actually McTominay is most valuable when he's running free and attacking centre backs. And he did that. And you can kind of see what Ten Hag's plan is. The tragedy mm. is a bit like, actually, ironically, Van Gaal before him, he may not have got the pieces to execute his vision. Exactly. Yeah. But, 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 back to, back to Brighton, because it's all about them. Really excited for this win for them, because they've got so much more to come. And actually, I wonder if this is a season where we're going to start seeing, like, more goals from them. Because, we, you know, we joked before yeah, about how they the didn't quite score enough. Had. No, it's not even the more yeah. goals from them, it's the, 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 the amount of chances they missed. Yeah. Danny Welbeck was able to convert a lot of the We're talking about somebody who could easily get 12, between 12 and 15 goals no problem with the chances that they create. Weirdly enough, this team because reminds Ken's, me of Leipzig. Yeah. You know, when mm. um, RB Leipzig, when they had Angelino scoring those goals from the, um, the wide areas, I wonder if Trossard becomes a goal threat like that, given the fluidity of their play and the options they've got on attack. I'm kind of excited to see where else they'll find goals, actually, this mm. season. When you see B- Basuma moving on, because I, I, was, I was surprised that, he, he, he didn't have more people in for him, to be honest, Basuma, for whatever reason. But maybe, I think Tottenham have made an unbelievable signing there. But Caicedo and the way he played, I watched him against Arsenal last mm. season and literally ran the show for Brighton against us. Ran the show against us. And you could see why, yeah, we can let Basuma go because he's, he's Isn't there. Isn't their recruitment I, amazing, Brighton? Unbelievable. Their recruitment's most, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because, and it, you know, you have to look at it and just quickly before I move on, um, 
from the, the Brighton United, United game is, how do those players get missed by United? What is going on with United to miss players of that kind of calibre who are coming? When's the last time United, even like you go back to their academy, let's go to their mm. When's the last time we've, United have actually produced anything out of their academy? When's the last time they've bought a player that's gone on to go on for sell for loads and loads of money? What's going on? When you look at Foden at City Academy, Sakura Arsenal Academy, James and Mount and all the other players, Tammy and everybody's gone on to do unbelievable things from Chelsea, Spurs, Harry Kane, mm. you know what I mean? And then Trent, Liverpool, you know, you think, when, what's happened to Man United? It's vanity. It's vanity. It's, it's, the thing is, it's like, um, it's vanity. It's the, uh, when the club's priority by a, by a significant distance is returning dividends to shareholders and the owners, that's what you get. That's, Manchester's wow. priority is returning shareholder value. That's it. That's it. So anything is secondary, tertiary. Like, so youth development, they don't care. Like this is, you know, they're, it's they're not so buying. sad news. Exa example, like, um, mm. it's like when, it's like when these, like, you know, these, uh, it's like when these, uh, these estates that's falling to pieces, hasn't a lick of paint in ages and they're holding music festivals there. But then they have to cancel the festival one day because the stage collapses because mm. they spent all this money on big acts. They spent no money on infrastructure, no, no. scaffolding. You know, everyone has a miserable, you know, it's Manchester United right now. You know that, that, that documentary, The Fire Festival? Mm -hmm. We're the Fire Festival. That's what we are. With this expensive attraction, people turn up. There's no logistics of how we arrive and how we leave. And it's crumbling behind the scenes. And on the surface, it's great. We're basically the Fire Festival FC. That's wow. why we're not producing anything. It's really and, sad yeah. because I, I said it on the Premier League. It's just like when Liverpool were out of it and they, they were in the, in the wilderness. I think that's where Man United are now. And I think it's going to take yeah. many, many more years it is. for Man United to come out of the wilderness. It's not the same without them. And, and do you know why I mentioned the coaching? Because I wanted to just put a pin a marker down because look, Ten Hag has made mistakes, maybe with recruitment and all the rest of it. But what I will say is he is trying to coach those players. Mm. And there was a point you saw, he said um, he couldn't understand the confidence drop because if he saw how they played with confidence on tour, yeah. they're back at Old Trafford and they play without confidence. It's very, very rarely you can spot a lack of confidence in footballers, but you saw it from the opening moment. I think Dalot tries to play this pass and like slices it as a bad, under, under no pressure really. And it's the pressure of being at Old Trafford in the shadow of all those legends who are on TV all the time talking about United pretending its greatness. God, yeah. And you knowing, if you, if you look at United's squad, like the first team, you look at it and think actually half of that is actually those are squad players. And those people are going into work every single day, every single week, knowing that this is a team that very recently was dominant in English football. And they know full well, because footballers aren't stupid, they know full well that that first eleven is not winning a league title. They also mm. know full well that that club is maybe not winning a league title for another five to ten years. Mm. Very, very plausibly. Not because they're terrible, because what is above them is just light years ahead in terms of organisation. Organization. So that pressure, Ian, and Ten Hag talks about it in his interview, and he's not trying to pass the buck. I actually think he's being honest. He was like, the confidence is a problem. Yeah, because they know it's a long way back to the top, Ian. Oh. And that sits on you every single oh. week, and it's going to keep sitting on them until they change things at a structural level. But most importantly, for this, for this week, uh, it's, it's props to Brighton because they it were outstanding. They, they were outstanding. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, people are constantly talking about, um, I, I remember when, when, Graham Potter signed, signed that six-year deal after not too long of being there. People are saying, what are they doing? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, you start to see him go to work. Mm. And then you realize that there's somebody 
at Brighton, if it's Tony Flood, whoever it is, that realise, listen, man, we've got the real deal here. Yes. He's the real deal. I can't remember watching Brighton since Graham Potter's taken over. All the time he's been there, watch Brighton and say, well, no, Brighton, they, they don't look right today. They don't look right. It's not happening. They are so well drilled and well coached that they were, they're going to do that to a lot more teams. And the pro- only problem that holds Brighton back in respects of causing teams even more problems is the chances that they're missing. Mm-hmm. I always said if they had, if they had a Danny Ings, yes. if they had that kind of striker, Danny Ings, someone goes to Brighton, they, th- that kind of player goes to Brighton, they get 20 goals. They get 20 goals, no, no question. No question. The yeah. way that team's coached. So flowers to Brighton, flowers to, to Graham Potter. They deserve them. They, they yeah. have to get them. Can I say Brentford? I'm looking to see what was going to happen with Brentford simply because there's something about me that I, I really wanted Christian Eriksen to kind of stay there mm. for some reason. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, you know, I don't know why I, I, I wanted that to happen simply because I, 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 the, the change at Brentford when he came there was just so evident and obvious to see what he'd done for them in the way he was able to control games, the bring, tempo, them another yeah. 10, you know, bring them another 10, 15 yards up the pitch in the way where, where he picked the ball up and how he released players. And, you know, to watch them, when they went 2-0 down, I said, oh my, I said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I was saying, I wonder what's going to happen with Ivan Tony this season. Is he going to be able to score the goals? Is he going to be able to stay, stay up top and lead the line instead of sometimes I'm seeing him at left back and at right back in midfield mm. and that. Stay up front and get those goals. And to see them come back again, um, like we saw last season, how resolute they are, I'm really pleased for them. They've got to get flowers as well. And Tony with a classic centre forward finish as well, right? But rolling his man, rolling his man, yes. putting in the corner. Loved it. Yeah, but you know what? When you watch that goal mm. and you watch the, um, the positioning of the defender made me yeah. feel like the it's defender was afraid of him. He was afraid of him. He didn't know what to do because like the ball came into Ivan Tony, and there was no defender to mm. his right. And he, he kicked in with his, with his left foot. But it felt to me like, why is the defender on that side? Not pinning him. Because he's touching yep, yep. with his right foot and finished with his left foot in the middle of the goal where he was. And I'm thinking, why, why is the defender not blocking that side? It's, he's afraid. He's he afraid. Didn't like he was not asserting himself. Yeah, it was really, it was really mm. interesting. And actually, yeah. I think what I want to sort of talk about as well, we're going to get into some other flowers. Um, I mean, Brentford definitely flowers, but I want to like jump to a team that really has got mm-hmm. its central defence sorted out. And that, that to me is Spurs. Wow. You know, what, uh, what Conte the, yeah, has I've done the Spurs listen, game. Oh, what Conte has built there. So like this, this centre-back, Trio of Dyer, Romero, and Davis. It has a bit of everything. Yeah. It has it has it has power. They're not slouches. They can you know they they can step on the gas a little bit. Yeah. Um, passing is is really something. There's vision and there's you know what it is. There's control. There's like when you see them building out from the back Spurs, and this is a great win against Southampton, a four-one yeah. win. When you see them building out from the back, what I love about it is it's the organization. Like everyone knows exactly what they are doing. Yeah. Throughout that Spurs team, you've got that system, the 3-4-3. You look at the bench, there's so much depth. And they were like, how do I say this? Four different goal scorers. Mm. Harry Kane wasn't one of them, and he didn't need to score. And you Son weren't thinking... Wasn't, Son th- th- wasn't one of them. This is what is so impressive. No goals from Kane or Son. Four goals. Kulisevsky, outstanding. Player that I love anyway. I just think he's oh unbelievable. But just... And, and Sessegnon. Sessegnon getting his goal. Things like that. Things like the first two goals being scored by Sessegnon and Dyer. To me, I love that for Sessegnon because... 
obviously Perisic needed been, that moves. Well, Perisic has been bought, and everyone's just assuming Perisic will come in and be the guy. Actually, I I love what Sessegnon brings. You've got two great options down the left now, but Perisic can also play inside left if he has to, yeah. as one of the front three. That's great. I just feel like Spurs this year have that intensity, the defensive strength from the back, mm-hmm. the organisation, and the fact they came back from a four-one down. And again, to draw a parallel with the uh, women's Euros. Like England going down to Sweden and just playing their way back into the game. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, you know, Spurs just knowing the 1-0 down, yeah, it wasn't the best goal to concede. Slightly, yeah. slightly fortunate bounce in the box. But we're just going to keep playing and just, they just applied the steamroller. But that was, that's, a, that's, that's what I'm saying about, mm. when I'm saying to people about, you know, there's, a, there's a, a, an assured silence um, from Spurs at the moment, which is quite, which is quite frightening simply because they don't normally work like this. They don't mm. work. To, Conte is in charge, right? We could yes. see that. Daniel, Daniel Levy's given him, what, 150 million? Said, okay, okay, please, I'll just go and do your stuff. Because the signings, you know, Richarlison, who could play with, he could play instead of Harry Kane, um, instead of Son, or with Harry Kane, with Son. Or well, instead of Kulusevski, if he had to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, then Kulusevski is, is doing, playing the kind of game. He's another one. He's a, one of those players, and I said it on Match of the Day, that every time he gets it, he does something. He does something assertive with it. It's mm. quality. Everything yeah. what he's doing, he's looking to hurt you, hurt the team. If you give him too much time, he'll put some crosses in and put some balls in that is going to hurt you. You know, he's he's at twenty two. He's already put himself in a situation where you're thinking. Well, you can't leave him out. Right, you, know, you can't leave him yeah, yeah, You can't yeah. leave him out. You know, you look at, I, I was pleased for Ryan Sessignon simply because from the, he was, he, I think he made his debut, just turned 16. He might be 15 and a bit, 16. And we've been waiting for Ryan to, to, to do his stuff for many, many years. And when he got to, when he got to Tottenham, finally, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Let's see what he does. And it still hasn't quite taken off for him. But we mm. saw some green shoots last season in playing there and getting the opportunity to continue to play there under Conte. And you know what Conte's like? Conte, like, like what he done with Victor Moses. He right. will have faith in you. He will give you the berth if, you, if you're ready to go. And seeing him score that goal and then coming out and saying, you know what, I need to do a lot more of that. Love it. He, he himself realises that there's people in this team, if I'm not asserting myself and doing that, I'm, gonna, I'm going to lose my place. I think that was one of Emerson Royal's best games. Yes. He looks like he's livening himself up as well. Because for me, Tottenham, with their goal scoring prowess and what they can do, I still believe that they, there's some kind of midfield creativity. Midfield creativity is what they need because they don't, they don't control games. Do you know it what's funny though? There was, I, I must say, I loved some of the early passing from Hoybier because yeah. we had this conversation about the creativity from Spurs. Well. He's got we saw a bit more of that, actually. More than I'd seen, I would say, you know, and maybe Spurs fans that watch them more regularly will, will correct me, but I loved that he was so assertive with the early pass because they're going to need a lot more of that um, mm-hmm. this season to really get the next level. I think Spurs can do something really exciting. I feel like there is still, without wanting to sound um, unfairly judgmental, I just feel like there's a kind of, there's like a Gundogan level player that they that would take them to a level that's just something else, right? Yes. But what they have already there in that squad is extremely good, extremely dangerous. And I think, you know, very early days, but I think they could do something really interesting this season, maybe too. even, maybe even really exciting. Yeah, so mm. big, big. I think that 
big they could for them. get that um if they could get that midfielder that creative midfielder then someone like harry kane doesn't need to come as deep as he does sometimes because mm. he could stay away and maybe patrol a different kind of area pop up where he's closer to the box rather than coming so deep he's hoping that son gets in or kulisevsky or someone if i'm harry kane you know and i'm seeing especially Haaland, we're looking at Haaland and, and for me Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm looking at 35, 40 goals this year. We saw something from him. We saw something yeah, from Holland. Let's get, into, let's get into City, shall we? Let's jump to City. Should we because, get into it? Let's, yeah, let's yeah, jump because, into it, man. Go look, on. It's, well, okay, I want, to talk, I want to talk about one thing from, from City that really struck me in this first half. First of all, they scored, they had like 300, it completed 300 more passes pretty much than West Ham. I think it said half. it was 300 and all, and they had 80 something. Like it's 373 to 74, something wild like that. It was really half-time. crazy. Now, here's a wild thing about City that was really interesting. And, you know, City are City, so they, we know that they steamroll the teams. The patience, the patience to wait for the gap to open, because people know the firepower they have now with Holland, they're absolutely stuck, they're stacked. So people sit deep. So the way that City have to work the ball from left to right, and, like, and we know Greenwich gets criticised for not maybe doing enough, but his job is to move the ball on. His job is not to be flash. It's one, two touch, mm. spin, move. Yep. And the, the credit I can give to Greenwich is he was always a step quicker than whoever was marking him. And you saw that in the first half. It, De Bruyne gets a goal disallowed um, for offside. But the interchange between, I think, Grealish and Gundogan is so fast that it just opens up West Ham. Mm. And the thing about that is it's just like they keep pulling at the thread. It's like watching um, a cat attack an old sweater. And eventually, like, after about like two hours attacking, it just, the whole thing just disintegrates. And watching <laughs> you know, a kitten play with a sweater, eventually, just like Man City unpicking West Ham to the point where by the mm. time Haaland scores, it's almost like enough. Like we're done. We can't. Yeah. We can't chase you anymore. We've been chasing you. Know you. something, Moose. Yeah, does that make I sense? Heard, yeah, absolute sense. I heard um, a, a reporter, someone at the Premier League, was saying that as a reporter was saying that City was so dominant and they had the ball so long that um, fans were actually turning around, speaking to each other, saying, "How's your summer been? Everything been good?" Actually oh speaking, yeah. they were saying, "How's your summer been?" Yeah, because they they kind of like had to switch off from that because they could not see a way for their own team to get the ball back, whatever their game plan was, it could not affect them. No. It was just like, when I, when I, watching the game, right? Watching City, knowing that City can, we'll keep the ball, keep the ball. But then, you know what? We can go long as well now. Yeah. And even in that game, Erlen Haaland made runs where City still didn't pass it to him yet. It's going to happen where one of these games this season, they're going to connect with him continually. He's going to be the guy, I believe, who breaks the five gold in the game, Barrett. He's, I think he's the one. He's, he's capable. Going, you know. I think he's the one. He's, going to be, he's either going to equal that or he's going to break it. Because when they do realise, feed this man. He's the prop, like, he's the goat. I know they had Sean Gota, but feed this goat and he will score, bro. Because, like, it's, and the way he took the ball the for chance. the penalty. The way yeah. he took the ball for the penalty and the way he took, dispatched the penalty, off of the misses last week, yeah. came with the, all the noise. He's the one that we've, he's, he's come to this place and we've spoken about him and we've said he's the one that could fit into any team and be, and be, and, and feast, eat everything because of the way he can play, right? He took that penalty, no problem. Off of last week, missing two ridiculously easy chances for him. And then the one when he went through and the way oh he opened goodness. himself up, yeah. literally telling the goalkeeper, I'm going to open myself up and I'm going to turn it into the, goal, into the corner on your right-hand side. 
and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, you know, it's, it's scary about that goal in particular because everyone has talked this year about just don't give Holland space in behind. Here's the thing. First of all, how do you deny him space in behind? How do you stop secondly, it? it's West Ham. Like, if anyone's going to deny you space in behind, it's West Ham. And the man just walked through. And that's the precision passing, obviously, of um, the precision passing, obviously, of De Bruyne. But the thing I want to talk about is, is the acceleration. Like, God. People, a lot of people like, don't talk about his speed. There's a lot of talk about his, you know, his power, but he is ludicrously fast. Yeah, like he's got and, and I know his pace is talked about. No, I'm not saying it's not about. I'm saying it is, but like it's easy to forget, like that he is ludicrously quick. Like that acceleration for that goal, he just blows past them. Mm. You know, it's like watching a Porsche against yeah. like a lorry on the motorway. <laughs> it's unreal that. You so know, yeah, something? I think, when he yeah, when he, so, sp- when right he speaks going. about Moose, he speaks about his heading. Done a great mm. interview with Alan Shearer. It's really nice to watch. To be honest, yeah, I love that on the BBC. Can we can yeah, we yeah. just say I'll say on the that, art, the art of goal scoring. Yeah, I think um, Alan, I think Alan tweeted something or he said something. What was um, two hundred and fifty eight to go? Right? <laughs> and you look at Harlan, right at twenty two. If mm. Harlan stays here for the majority of his career, he's 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 beaten that. Shearer knows it. That's why he said two fifty eight. So goal, funny. That's so funny. Alan will <laughs> Alan will watch that. We're watching it, and he was like, "Jesus Christ, yeah, yes, he has come back." He knows what it looks like because Come actually. Man, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows that that's in danger because he, 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 was all, he would always say something like, if Harry Kane goes to City, I'm in trouble. Always. Mm. And like getting Haaland at City at 22 with those guys around him. And you know, we're talking about he's, he's going he's gonna to eat like Gundogan. Remember, Gundogan came on last season to, to finish it off for City. Mm. Those goals, he'll eat them now. Gundogan could just get on with doing what he does in his number eight and creating some deep. Yeah. So he's going to eat so much. You know, so I just hope that he's the one, like you mentioned with Jack Grealish, who it was a step ahead of everybody in that area to give it. I just hope he's the one that's un- that can unlock Jack. I hope he's the one because watching Jack in the Community Shield was, it was like watching him last season. But watching mm. him in that game, it was different. Because he's now got a foil. Yes, he's I see that. He's now got a foil. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And he's going to stretch the play. And what he'll do is the gaps that Haaland will create, he'll take up. The space he'll take up will allow so much room yeah. for Grealish and Foden to run into. Because what we saw from West Ham, West Ham actually exceptionally disciplined, stayed deep, lost 2-0, no question. Mm-hmm. Other teams will be far more open against City and they'll get punished for it. Can you imagine, Moose, the, the first team with City, because like we said, West Ham and, and Moyes, very, very organised. He's, he's got a whole backroom staff of managers. Yeah. So they're very organised. They know exactly what they're doing, um, West Ham. And it was a canter. They beat them. It was a yeah. canter. Can That's you imagine easy. a team like, I tell you who, who I'm so pleased they didn't get City on the first day because I don't want them to get City yet, is I want Forrest to get themselves going, get their new signings integrated and everything and then start to play because I could see something I could see a little something I could see where Jesse would do well I could see where Brendan Johnson would do well I could see something from them but like if they buck up on City early doors yeah. at the moment that's that, that's the one this that is something to be, mention as well with this, this league as one. well this is just to jump in but something to mention this league as well it's very easy to draw the wrong uh, conclusion from big defeat it's very, very easy to draw on the wrong conclusion. Like a team like Leeds, actually, shout out to Leeds. They were superb mm-hmm. against Wolves. That was a great yes, game. Um, 
Leeds playing with real Aronson, confidence under oh. Marsh. Love, oh, love, what a great player, Arison. I saw him for Philadelphia. Beautiful footballer, great for Leeds. Um, it's really, really important that whoever gets that treatment off City, because it's coming. It's, it's coming. really important. Whoever gets that treatment just has to treat mm. it as, look, it was one game, it was three points, let's bounce. But yeah, so yeah, flowers to, uh, to Holland um, in particular, I think. Flowers yeah. You know what? Just before we, we, we finish on Holland, you know, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the pressure that he just kind of brushed off. Yes. So that's why he's got to get flowers because last week people were laughing at him. You could see they the memes. Him. They cooked him. Laughing yeah. at him. So you know, massive amount of flowers to Holland. Yeah. Um, can I say as well, Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. A um, little bit disappointed with Villa, if I'm going to be totally honest, because mm. I know that set piece wise, you know, Villa were very much, they, they, they sought their set pieces out a bit last season. But the, the chaos, how chaotic it was trying to do, I don't know if they were trying to do man marking in there yeah, or they were picking up their men, but it was a good ball in and they were all over the place. Undone, yeah. Leon yeah. Bailey, you know what I mean? Losing his man and, you know what I mean? It, it, was, it was so chaotic, Villa. And then even the second goal, with Kiefer, Kiefer Moore, the ball goes across the box, all the way across the box. And I know Tyron Mings ain't playing, you know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know why, why he's not playing at the moment. He's, for some reason, he's chosen not to play him, but I don't know if he would have picked up Kiefer Moore or not, but to have a number nine that big, what's he, 6'5", something like that, Kiefer Moore? Mm. He was literally standing on that six-yard box. No one went with him. The guy was able to then get the ball, turn onto his left foot, Still no one closing down enough. Put a ball in and keep... The back of the box. He, he was not yeah. challenged at all. So And the ball went a long way in the air. A long the way. A long way in the a air. A long way. Yeah. So yeah. long that you think to yourself, they don't know what's happening. No, someone should be attacking that from the left back position, from the right back position. As it comes, and someone should be attacking it or, and, and just heading that thing clear. Moose, I'll tell you one of the signs, especially the first goal. Yeah. And you have to say to a certain extent, the second goal, when you see a defender, no defenders actually jump. Not one jump. Yeah. They're, they're not in a position to go and attack the ball. That was a worry for me, for Villa, watching Stevie's team like that. You know, against a team that's just come up. We're not they started about, cold, didn't they? They started yeah, cold. They've not yeah. come, and they've come with, they've come with energy. They've, they, they said, you know what? Let's go at these. Let's, let's go. Scott Parker himself at the start of the game, not, not long ago, I think he made a quote before the game or something saying, we're not as good as a team that actually came up. You know, we're, we're so far away. We're a long way away. I don't know if he was doing it because it was a ploy to let his team, to wind his team up or what, but whatever it is, it's worked. Yeah. Because Villa, we, you know, Villa, Villa weren't at it. They were He'll be very disappointed, Stevie, with that. They've got to get flowers, Bournemouth. If there is a common theme to this opening day, uh, Ian, it's like teams that turned up organised with intensity got big rewards. Yeah. I mean, Evie, you can, say, you can say that for Arsenal as well. Like Arsenal obviously had a bit of a challenge against Palace and Palace was a very tough game in the season. And, first game of the season but I just feel like it's so obvious but people need to treat the Premier League season like they treat the first game of the World Cup mm -hmm. you know how the World Cup you can't got, start because all of a sudden well. you get a loss or a draw you've got to mm -hmm. come in on the front foot because those drop points the reason why Klopp I think is a bit stung is because you've dropped points against Fulham on the yeah. first game of the season mm -hmm. and you know from playing against City that like you can't afford to drop more than what like 10 you can't do that. 12 points. You, you, yeah. you can base it for to drop 12 points somewhere if you want to in the league. And because you look like, at City, you, yeah. you know, we've, I know we've done City, but 
can you see City? You don't even look at City and say, well, who's going to beat them? Of course, at some stage, someone will beat them. But how many times do you think City's going to lose? How many times do you think City's going to go to a place like Fulham and not nick it? Because Liverpool nearly did it. Liverpool nearly did it. They didn't deserve to do it, but they nearly did it. City already, because these two teams know how close it is, we're talking about one point on two occasions. Yeah. They've won the league by, you know what I mean, with an unbelievable points tally. They know that at this stage of the season is where you, you, you've, got to, you've got to get out of the blocks. You've got to get out on the B of the bang, not the G. No doubt. Exactly. There it is. You've got to get out on the B of the bang. Because like City got out on the B of the bang and it looked very easy. Whereas Liverpool, like I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not going with clock. I'm still, gonna, I'm still tipping Liverpool to win the league. You know what mm. I mean? I'm still tipping them to win the league. Um, but like for Klopp to say that, I believe he's trying, he's sending a message. He's sending a message in the dressing room. Yeah, that's interesting. You know? That's interesting. I, I think believe he had so. To, though. I think he had to. So anywhere else to go? Are our flowers, are we all bouquet out uh, for the week then? Or Let me see. Um, I, I have to say, I felt for Palace because Palace had, uh, you wouldn't say they played their greatest. And I wouldn't say mm. that Arsenal created unbelievable amount of chances. Same with Palace. But they created enough chances, both of them, to have scored the goals. Palace, the first chance for Otten Edward, Edward was an unbelievable chance for a centre forward, on the, literally on a six-yard box. And it, it, it looked like he was trying to guide it instead of heading it backwards come from, because that's what happens. When a ball comes in and it hasn't quite got the power, all you do to try and get the power is head it back from where it's coming from. He tried to help it on and literally just played it into um, Aaron Ramsdale's hands. That was an unbelievable chance. And Patrick said it at the start of the game. We need to make sure we take chances in the, in the big moments. Same thing with Eze's chance. Wilfred Zaha, fantastic ball through to him. Missed the chance. Yes, yes, Arsenal yes. started that game unbelievably well. Really well. Just like how they've been in the preseason. I thought that, oh no, it's going to be one of those days when Gabriel Martinelli missed that chance. I think he should have took it with his right foot. Um, and then they scored not long after that. But for me, the way, the way they played was brilliant, but then they had a spell in it where for some reason, and I can't see Mikel saying to them to ease off, they, they, they step off. They mm. step off the gas. And they've got to be more ruthless about finishing teams off. That's the, only, that's the only criticism I would have. And I've seen a lot of people, and I heard it on um, Ask Blog, the great Andrew Mangan, saying about Ben White, why people are going on about Ben White, I don't know, because... Ben White had a, a particular job to do, and mm. that was shutting down Zaha, which is very difficult for anybody. You know, you saw what he'd done to us last season, right? And I believe that he'd done a fantastic job with that. And, and, and again, yes, he gave the ball away a couple of times early doors, but I think that back four, William Saliba, you know, I'm sure we'll speak about him as the, the season yeah. goes on. He carries on like that. Magnificent. Okay, and that's it. My God, that was amazing. Moose, I've had such a great time, but I'm gonna, we're, we're going to have to go. It's always a pleasure. Always a joy. It's, the pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. Oh, my, thank you. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'll looking you forward to it. If that's, if, you know what, Moose? If that's the first day. Mm. If that's what the season is going to be like, the teams coming and saying, I'm ready to go, man. Fucking bring it. You know, it's, that's teams what Fulham said to it. Liverpool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Liverpool, Fulham went to school, first day of school, and they said, you know what? That fucking guy's not bullying me this year. I'm ready. Where are you? Come on, then. Can I be honest? I think we're going to look at the Fulham-Liverpool draw. This is a hot take. 
as important for the season as the Leeds lost to Liverpool, the 4-3, only because it showed the joy you can get mm-hmm. if you attack a team with disrespect. Yes. I think that's really, really exciting. Like, like I yes, say, when yes. watching Andrew Robertson covering for Trent in the right-back position and then being dragged across the left, it's not the last time we're going to see that this season. Wow. Yeah, not the last nice time. time. Okay, bro. Take it easy, Moose. I love you. God bless. Love you too. See you soon. Okay, thank you very much, Moose Wakonga. Thank you very much for listening, guys. That's the first week. Done. And let me say, if the season's going to be like that, where, you know, we're going to get those results and, you know, I think what we got to talk about because the Premier League's so great. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to this season. So, we go again next week. We go again on Righty's House. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>